Welcome to the Osteo Connection, the number one podcast for osteopaths looking to expand their minds and improve their practice. I'm Kevin Longpray. I'm Jason Turnbull. And I'm Dr. Sean Landry. And if you're new here, welcome. This show is dedicated to bridging the gap between your formal education and real-world practice success. Join us every week where we share our combined 50 years of practice experience, talk tips, strategies, and interview rock stars in the business. Welcome back to the OC, the Osteo Connection. I'm your host for today, Jason Turnbull, joined here with Kevin Longpre and Dr. Sean Landry. Thanks for having us, Jay. Thanks, Jay. I'm so happy you're here. Very, so happy. Very happy to see you again. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. So patient retention, what does that look like? So in a couple of bullets, we can talk about phases of care with our clients. We can talk about education. Our, the way we educate our clients is a, is a great way for them to want to keep coming back. Uh, we can talk about the recall or discharge procedures you can have in your clinic. Uh, patient buy-in, how they buy into the treatment plan that you've developed for them and how, how important that is to, to be a team and to work towards something that you both know there's clear goals that are set to work towards yeah. and providing value. I think it's always important, I think we all understand that, to provide value to your clients. They're paying their hard-earned money or their hard-earned insurance money for you to get them back. They've put their trust in you to, to feel better. And it's very important that you're, you're at least providing a sense of value for when they're coming in. So who'd like to fire off? That was Once awesome, Jay. Take three was great. Yeah, not yeah. bad, not bad. <laughs> These lights are getting to me. Um, and Kevin, probably, Kevin gets probably, me a bit too. You're probably dehydrated. <laughs> I am dehydrated, right? Yeah. Lots of yard work this weekend. Right? A lot of yard work. Yeah. You did some burning on your arm, it looks like, by the way. On did the you back go to Home Depot? Oh, I did, actually. Oof. I did the same thing, uh, the same thing my son did. Yeah. No. Yeah, except with uh, the steam. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Took a split second before my brain realized. And, yeah. Just put a Spider-Man band out in there and be all good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, no, Jay, I think, it's, I think it's great. There's a lot of emphasis uh, in this day and age on new patients, new patients. A lot of money is spent on marketing. And what we've realized over the years is if you really focus on the patients you have, and, and Jay, you said it, these are kind of five of, of the things we try and do here. We try and teach our, our, our new grads um, as their patient list grows to implement these things. Uh, and when you do it, it's amazing, right? You, you, ha you end up with a waiting list practice and you end up with uh, not as much loss, right? So, because it's one thing, you know, a lot of time and effort and energy goes into getting new patients, but if mm. you don't lose them, um, as, as Kev likes to say, out the back door, mm. then, then they're there yeah. and you have a, a, a I have said that. Yes, 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 he has. Um, and so yeah, so phases of care. Why do we why do we like to educate patients on phases of care? Well, just to jump on that before you get in, Kev, because no, no, we're not yeah. sure you guys. much is going to come into there anyway today. <laughs> you guys is, keep talking. Is the other way of, of looking for new clients or new or new patients is is one of the things we've done, especially when we first moved here, and we do this every maybe 12 to 18 months, is instead of going out and finding this new client that's never seen you before, that's that doesn't know what osteopathy is. I think it's a good idea to go down to your just to your discharge files. Right? We have a, a basement here with several ghosts in there, with filing <laughs> with filing cabinets of, of clients that we haven't seen some of them for five to ten years. So every like I said, maybe every eighteen months we'll go down and the the uh, office manager and receptionist will go through them and just call them, saying, "Hey, just wanted to check in and see how you're doing." You know, you can use use something like we we moved our clinic recently, she does and we used yeah, <laughs> and we use that as an as a as an opportunity to let previous clients of ours to know that we're moving to a new location just in case you're interested. Like it's a nice way to do it. So you can do that if you hire a new therapist, if you're offering a different complimentary service maybe you didn't have in the past. These people already know what it's like to receive treatment from you. 
So instead mm. of getting someone brand new, you have the chance to rekindle a relationship that was already there. And you know, who knows? Maybe listen, it's five percent of people or three percent of people think, you know what, I need to go back. It's I'm that's so great that you called. I was actually thinking about it. That's what happened the last time. And you know, if you have three percent of three hundred people, Kev, it's like Two people, right? <laughs> or nine. Or nine. But yeah. So I think it's, I think it's a, a great strategy that you can use. I stopped listening after a while. Yeah. No. Is uh, it my turn? <laughs> Cut. Actually, I'm, I'm going to jump in. Okay, go ahead, Sean. Because uh, no, that's exactly, exactly right, Jay. So one of the things we do here is it's also... record. 13 we've, minutes. We've, uh, yeah, but that's not all of it. So we've oh. implemented a... A, uh, an email newsletter, actually, a client uh, email newsletter. And this is really important because this is part of your keep in touch strategy with, with members and it grows over time. And, uh, and like Jay said, so every once in a while you can, you can keep them uh, up to date on things that are happening within the clinic, within the community, whether it be new therapies, uh, season you know, changes, different activities you're doing, different community activities you're doing within the clinic. But then, like Jay said, it's that recall or that patient discharge. That that's you have these old files, and you might as well keep in touch. And oftentimes, like how how amazing it is, is it once in a while to receive a call. And there's no no sales, no pressure. Just hey, we were thinking about you. Hope you're doing well. And that's basically oh, totally. it. yeah. It's just a touch. It's to it's to check in to say you know we've been thinking about you. Well, like like I said, we moved the clinic. Well, this is what's going on in our lives. And oftentimes, it's it's so awesome to hear people just say oh yeah i i need i've been meaning to call you i wish you i wish you'd had a recall service like that before i, I hear it all the time mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. good ready buddy me yeah oh <laughs> yeah it makes me think of uh the famous <laughs> seinfeld uh, quote right yes you can't only be good at taking the reservation you got to be good at holding it <laughs> right? very true very true uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think on it, like we've always harped here that we treat families, you know, so, so you got to take care of family. You got to really make it a point to like you guys said for uh, 12 minutes. Uh, <laughs> um, it's important to keep contact with these people, uh, making sure they're okay and just letting them know what we're up to, like you guys were saying. So I have, don't really have much more to add to that. You guys absolutely nailed it. We killed it. Yeah. Perfect. Good for you. Yeah. So maybe if you can just slide back a little bit, I might yeah. take a little more of the center no, no, I muted, frame. I muted my mic. Okay, perfect. Good. <laughs> All right, perfect. Uh, I think another way that's good for, for client retention is is communication that we've always harped on in this podcast. Mm. So how about we go over phases of care? So, Kev, you want to go over? I mean, I can give you the opportunity. Do you want me to? Do you want me to? Do you want me to take over for you? I could do it. I <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Yeah, so explain to our listeners what we mean by phases of care and how that relates to patient retention in 250 words or less. Mm. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of pressure. A Twitter blurb or whatever. Yeah. Well, they, this is an important one we spoke about in the past, uh, about letting the patient know where they're at. You know, it's, the more the patient understands where, where they are in their injury, uh, the better that they will know where to participate in the process, know what they have to do, what, where they're at, how much time they're going to spend with you. Uh, what does that look like? Are they in an acute phase? Are they in a maintenance phase? Are they in maybe uh, a two, what we call tune-ups? You know, like mm -hmm. People come in maybe sometimes quarterly or some people more. I have people that come in once a month. I have people that come in three times a year. Like It really depends on what they do outside of here and, and how 
committed they are to the process, which we, we're kind of big on. We want people to participate in what's going on. The more they do, the less work we have to do. And the bonus with that is what people don't understand is that they will tell other people that that's the process. And people, I've heard tons of patients come in knowing full well that, okay, if I do what you tell me, chances are I won't have to come in as often. Well, I think that's the key. So that it's a more efficient service, for right? For sure. But the key is that you're communicating that to them, right? As right. opposed to just dragging them along, right? That's, that's key yeah. for sure. I get in trouble sometimes. I had someone in recently who wanted to come all the time, and I was trying to tell him, and, and one of our colleagues knows him, saying, but you don't understand that like, people want this. They want to be coming less often. No, I like to come more often. <laughs> it's not how his business is not quite the same as ours. Like, he needs yeah. people to keep coming like weekly, if you will. And uh, anyway, it's funny how, how things can change on that. So, so, so that good point, because then in phases of care, that's where you need to be good at explaining that, right? I think so, this is what we, sorry, you're going to go ahead? Sorry. Go no, ahead. no, but I, I guess what you're going to say, like well, explaining. I think we, uh, this is what we do to our own therapists, right? Uh, to, to the newer grads we've had in the past is, is I had someone saying, well, I had someone with tennis elbow and, you know, how long is it going to take? And the discussion always is if we talk about phases of care, it's, it's, um, we're trying to make it seem like no one sees someone, I think in our school, they used to say, well, if you haven't made a change in three treatments, it's time to discharge on. There's time to move them on, which can sometimes be the case. But, you know, quite honestly, if you have your first consult, a lot of times you do very little treatment. So by the time you get to the third treatment, they've really only had two. Like, I, I certainly don't think you're acting in the best interest of your client if you're pushing them out the door after two treatments and you haven't gotten them better yet. So I think the important part of, of phases of care is A, identifying and describing that to your client, what that means, being in an acute phase or a subacute phase or what we call an optimization phase. And if you communicate that properly over the weeks they're there, that's how you build the retention part. So... I know in the past years ago, we used to have, you know, when you have these meetings with our own staff every, every quarter or twice a year, we'd sometimes have therapists that were struggling to fill their schedule. So I would ask Jen to print out the, the list of clients this person has seen. And, and in, our, in our software system, it's able to show them how often each client came. And this individual has, I think, had something like 77% of his clients came three times or less. And if, if you're... You're, we knew right away that that person's not communicating f like the phases of care or how, how we work because mm -hmm. it's impossible to make someone better or, or to build a practice if you're seeing 77% of your clients three times or less. You'd have to have a constant revolving door of new patients for that to work. It's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So I think the key is for anyone listening is if you can communicate what that means. Like for me, if I, if I use a personal example, if someone comes in with an acute tennis elbow or an acute lumbar sprain, the idea is that you're telling them what stage they're in. They're in pain. They're losing. They've lost mobility, and how at the start, that's what we're trying to restore, right? Decrease their pain, restore mobility, and can take once a week for several weeks. And then as they get better, you flip it into more of the corrective phase or the subacute phase, where they start doing more exercises at home, more like strengthening to prevent it from like to to make a full recovery, if you will. And then as you're dialoguing, you can say, listen, like quite often by that point, they're very happy that they're no longer in pain and they're, they're back to doing what they want to do. And they'll actually use the words like, man, I never want to go back there again. And it's your chance then to say, well, listen, like it's totally in your, up to you, but quite often this is what other clients of mine do. And like you say, Kev, if you want to come once a month because your insurance covers it or, or that's what you feel, that's fine. But if you tell them, but if you do more mm -hmm. and you come four times a year, 
then you're, you're, you can do that. And, and the idea is that if they, I, we have people that have been doing this for years, but they've never had that setback again. Yeah. Mm. And that to me is like a very easy way of communicating and, and educating them on, on where they stand in their injury. Jay, I, uh, it's funny. I set that expectation now right from the start. Mm-hmm. So in explaining the phases of care, but then I say most of my patients now are in that optimized care plan. For sure. And they're in here, like you say, once a month, once once every two months, once quarterly, depending on their lifestyle and their habits and stuff. Yeah. But I literally plant the seed from day one. And uh, and most, again, we're, we have a referral-based practice just because of the way we've built this thing. But it's amazing to see even them like, oh, okay, so I got to, uh, yeah. I want to get to that where I'm just coming in maintenance. And this thing isn't, like you say, an acute injury that keeps flaring up once in a while, right? Exactly. So that, that brings me to the question that popped in my head when you started talking about this is what would be the only reason for not having someone come back uh, again? Well, if they don't, if they don't match, right? If there's no, if there's no yes. buy-in, if they're not, they're not, you're not, uh, if the type patient a is motivated, client, right? So right. Last, they're not participating, they're like not you're participating, saying, right? Smart, motivated, yeah. right? It's kind of like last week's podcast. And right? like, not like-minded. You not, yeah. Oh, were you here last week? Were you? Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, you're right. I certainly was. <laughs> certainly was. <laughs> yeah, Jay was gold. Actually. My shoulders actually still uh, last week has been hurting my shoulders <laughs> from carrying. Seriously? The, yeah, very car- hard carrying the pod. Yeah. You, wasn't the wheel bearing? No, <laughs> no. no. Yeah. Oh, could be that. Uh, Anyhow, but yeah, that that I mean, it, again, it comes down to education, right? So if you are honest about expectations where they're at within within the phases of care. And then, this is really important, you actually take the time to reassess and graduate them through yeah. these phases of care uh, to commend their work, what they've done, how far they've come, uh, just sometimes to compare where they were. Highlighting the wins. Highlighting yeah, the wins, course, right? right? Highlighting the wins because oftentimes it's, you know, sometimes during that corrective phase or maybe just tail end of acute, they're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm better, but I'm not quite there. And, I'm there. and they can be really focused on uh, but if you take them back to where they started and to where you want mm. them to go, they're, again, the buy-in happens, the understanding, and it's, uh, yeah. yeah. Great. All right. What do you want to do next? Well, we did the education part kind of as at the same time as phases of care, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the one bullet we had with education that we I think is important that we nailed down, especially that first visit or the second visit, is... We're always trying to to tell our therapists to to communicate and and to put yourself in the shoes of the client who's coming in for the service. Right? It's, this is easy to do. We've all had we all have uh, we all have uh, run-ins with the service industry, no matter what we what, wherever we're living and what we're doing. And the key is to to fulfill those expectations without being asked. So we always talk about that four questions as far as education. Most people, when they walk in your door, they want to know what's wrong with me. Can you fix me? How long will it take? how much is going to cost. And the, the key is in order to, I mean, I think for, for especially for newer grad, like it's hard to sometimes shift into that you know, wearing the hat where you feel like you're the expert. We're used to being in school where we feel like we don't know much. And then we come out and we're treating people who really don't know anything. And some people have a hard time with that. So I think that's the important part is answer those questions before they're asked of you. Show them that you're the expert. And that's a, that goes a long way in building their trust. Mm. And when you build their trust, that's how retention follows in after that, right? That's what we talked about in the past. Like, oh man, you come down the stairs and they're like, man, I got to see this. I can't wait for next week's appointment. And I, so-and-so, I, I'm thinking about so-and-so, maybe they can, you can get them in. Do you think you can get them in sometime soon? I think that's a key part of the educational that's part. That's like the, that uh, TED talk we the, about power posing when we talk about Joe oh, yeah. Biden. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, uh, 
That's um, that makes me think of that because if if you if you do show initiative and 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 you know that you care for this person, you want them to be better, mm. and you're giving them sound advice, that person feels off you that that sense of not authority, but you know someone that's taking charge of their health, an expert, and that makes them feel better and more in trust with what you're doing and and. It's going to make sure that they come back, right? So it's very, very important to to, to give that presence, uh, even though sometimes you might not feel like you totally are an expert in some. And it, there's nothing. I'm not saying that you we should say we know everything. I'm just saying there are ways to do that too. When you don't say, well, you know what, that's a great question. Uh, let me get back to you on that. I, I have a colleague that I can ask about that. Exactly. You know, there's always a way to kind of show that, like, oh, I'm on top of this. Yeah, you don't have to know it all. Right? No, of course. But um, what I think about that, it's it's providing value. So this is one of the one of the to- topics as well. So providing value. But what you what you mentioned about they want to know how much it's going to cost. So this is often times we see we talked about this in the past. But a disconnect for a lot of our new grads is this idea of maybe I don't feel I'm worth it and I can't charge what I need yes. to charge. Right. So, but as we know. Uh, you know, money is just an exchange for value. So if you're if you're doing and you're you're wowing them, you're you're communicating well, you're uh, you're doing amazing evaluation, and you're you're uh, exuding that, like we say, the confidence. Yeah. Man, there there will be no problem to uh, the 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 fee for service kind of thing. There will be no problem uh, because you're providing that value, and you will get that exchange. Yeah. So it's super important that uh, to keep that in context. Yeah. When you compare it to the opposite of not answering any questions, leaving them in the dark, they have no idea what's going on. They leave here more confused than when they came in. Yes. You, that's like... But unfortunately, you know, how often do we hear that? Then it's hard to charge for that, right? It's hard to charge for that. Yeah. And they certainly aren't telling everyone about it, and they're most likely not coming back that often. No, that's right. It, it's, it's, it's listening is a big thing. It's funny. I had someone in today, I think it's third time in, and... It's, this person has a very structural issue. And he's like, I'm going to see the doctor. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm very confident with this. Do you think there's something else? Maybe like a little, like, just to see a Cairo? Like, there's something more, like, I mean, maybe something more aggressive. I'm like, okay, well, I think it's this. But as the treatment went on, they're hung up on that. So I'm like, yeah, well, we have a Cairo. I even told you that today. Mm-hmm. We have a Cairo right next to me, Sean, a great guy, a great therapist. And yeah, I've been watching some of those videos online and blah, blah, blah. And, and, I'm, and it's funny, I was chuckling to myself saying, well, hey, I'm going to talk to Sean, and I put him in your schedule on Thursday, actually, saying, why fight it? This yeah. person obviously wants help. They're, they're not convinced, and I don't need to convince them. I don't want to convince, convince people that this is the right solution. So you refer them to who they want to see. It's in-house, yeah. and, it's, and, it's, yeah. and it's listening. And they're like, oh, yeah, you think you'd say, well, if you're already an existing client, I'm sure I can get you in this week. We'll, we'll, make, it, we'll make it happen. And they leave happy. Do they happy there's a path? Well, do we still book with you? How does that work? Like, when you, yeah. when you no, listen well... I don't want to see you. <laughs> but when you listen <laughs> well, again. And you, then, then it's funny how things open up like that too. Yeah, the listening is key. For yeah. sure. Reading body language. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Good. And, and oftentimes... Nervous say, energy. Very nervous, yeah. Uh, oftentimes we say it's innate too. The patient knows what they want or what they need sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah. But if we're not listening, you can't see it sometimes. And then you're, you know, you may be taking longer than we should to get to what we need to do. Exactly. So, um, all right. Good. So we did two. We, we have recall discharge down. We talked about that a little bit, but yep. we could probably extrapolate on that a bit if you want to talk more or are you pretty good with that? Oh, that's what we said in the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you jumped through the, the point patient point. buying we, we, we've kind of hit as well. So in patient terms buy, of, yeah. right? In yeah. terms of like, the, well, the dialogue is a big part of that. 
yeah. is getting them to buy into the process. Yeah, the one word I keep, you guys said it earlier, I wrote it down, was teamwork. Right. So making sure that the buy-in comes from them. They have to understand that you guys are a team. Mm. You're here to help them. Uh, but ultimately, what they decide to do in their life is going to help everything that you that that goes on, right? right. And how how they progress through care, um, and yeah, all of it. it. It has to do. It has to come from them. Yeah, it has to come from them, and it, and it will only come from them if you've taken the steps necessary to get them to trust you and to get them to understand the process. Yeah. It's funny how we keep doing this, but it always comes back to the communication, and obviously your manual skills have to be there to help them physically, but it's about them understanding what healthcare looks like for the practice that you want to run. You can have a high-volume practice where you don't do this stuff, right? It's, it's, it's a little more difficult. It, it, I would think it would take more marketing and advertising dollars to keep that going, Right, where you've got to you've got to put a few thousand dollars in every once in a while as an influx of new patients, and then see how long you can you can float the boat for, mm. or you can you can educate and, and inspire and 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 talk about that optimal the optimal therapy. And it's, you know, I think when it comes from a we talked about the three P's, but if it comes from a place of passion and 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 genuine interest in that person, it's it's it seems to work very well. Mm. Uh, one big one that made me think about it when you're talking about that is. Uh, explaining too how how did they get there in the first place right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. their buy in and understanding that they played a role in why they're injured there you go that's, right. that's the team because, because the it's it's crucial that they understand that these quite often are not um, coincidence or things of chance that happened right. or coincidence that happened to them they they've been living a certain way either not taking care of themselves or uh, having certain mindset uh, going on that's brought them to have certain tensions in their body. So the more they understand that, one, what you're doing is they're more clear on why they got hurt in the first place so they can maybe avoid it in the future. But the the level of trust it puts with the uh, the person towards you is, is enormous because now they know, okay, now this person really understands <laughs> what really got me here in the first place. I thought it was just, oh, well, that's just what happens. I didn't understand the body work like that. Uh, so those are huge, huge bonuses to remember to put into your practice right away because they will drive people to the clinic. They'll tell other people for sure, this guy really understood what I was talking about and where I'm coming from. That's ultimately what people want yeah. is for someone to understand them and listen to them, right? So this, right. Is, this is a key component to the buy-in is for them to understand the background of it and how could they and us as a team help them move on to another uh, mindset or, or way of living that can can help them be more optimal, like you said. Right? That's it. And it can come from the dialogue you have with them, like you said, by by inquiring about their past medical history and asking a lot mm. of questions. And it can also come from the physical the physical evaluation of, yeah. of the client on your table, right? Like, I mean, I think we should use examples. People, listeners, also use examples. Um, I don't know if you want to give one. I've got an example I can use as far as like what the body shows, but maybe you have a good one you can share with it like, as far as like, the communication goes. Like you said, like sometimes people think like, even on a macro level they have a one specific incident like well it's just luck you know like I, mm. my knee was bent 28 degrees and i tore my acl because of that but you're what you're saying is that there's questions around that of why that happened right like, do you want to share that a bit or do you have an example off the top of your head mm. well there's tons of examples uh oof. well listen like we all learn in osteopathy the, about interrelationships in the body mm. uh whether it's uh the 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 influence that the mind has on the body just like the body has on the mind um 
I think it's an important element depending on the person that's in. That's why I don't want to go too deep into an yeah. example. We could we could give examples of that after, but um, how, how do you read your patient? So I guess we could summarize it like this. How do you read your patient, know how much they can understand what you're talking about in terms of that connection mm -hmm. and give them what they need or what they could handle uh, at that time? At that time. Yeah. And then, but some people, like I'm sure you, both of you have had that where I've had patients where they're totally open to that and they totally get it. You know, there, there'd be instances like we've seen throughout this, uh, whatever you want to call it, I guess. Pandemic? Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, people coming in with, I think we talked about this before, a lot of like different uh, types of dysfunction. Like yep. uh, I've seen a lot of bladder dysfunction, seen a lot of adrenal problems, seen a lot of things like that. So making people understand, that could be one example. Yeah, is that's a great example. How stress... Uh, and the, the perception of the person is having an impact on their physiology. Yeah. So that that is a, a um, an important one for someone to kind of put the fire out, you know, like so that they don't keep poking at it and, and making it worse. And it's important to communicate that with your client because yeah. that's what's going to build that trust where they're saying, oh, man, so how did you find that then? Mm -hmm. Well, you were stuck at whatever, you're stuck at uh, L2 and I want to look at your kidney and your adrenal gland and it relates back to your history. Like when they can see how, because I always tell people that their body is like a map, mm. right? So my yeah. quick one to use, and I may have used this in the past, but it, look, we talk at someone's pelvis, let's say, and the way they're stuck. And I remember having someone in recently saying, well, you know, I've seen so-and-so, I've seen these other professionals, but it's just, it's not responding. Are you and talking then, to the pelvis right now? Or the yeah, person? the pelvis. Well, I'm talking right at the pelvis, yeah. And then I kind of said, well, you're in this position where yeah. it usually relates back to something more visceral. And I said, that's why during our intake, I'm asking you about your digestion, I'm asking about your cycle, I'm asking about all these different things. And they're, they, usually most people are like, what? You can tell that through that? And hmm. so you're saying that my intestine is the reason why my pelvis is not where it should be? And I'm like, yes. Yeah. But then I also try to then flip it. And I say, but... Listen, don't get me wrong. The other practitioners did the, they were doing the best they could for what they are taught, right? They did a good job. I'm sure your you know, your your just glutes fire better enough. and I'm sure things fire <laughs> just better. It's just that you're trying to fix a, a dysfunction that's not structural or yeah. that's not muscular. Yeah. And therefore that's why your symptom that's why your relief is only short short term. But just that dialogue and just and and sharing with them what you what you do in your intake form and what you mm. do during your evaluation your retention starts on day one. Yeah. Right? That's a it good really point does. about mentioning too, is like, well, let's look at why it keeps coming back. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Because that is a, a key factor of saying like, okay, well maybe the source of what's going on isn't what you've been doing, what you've been doing over and over again. Yeah. So let's look at what that possibly could be. Right. And it's exciting to find something different because now this is a different avenue you've never explored before. Yeah. So maybe this is something that will actually get you closer to how you want to feel. Yeah. I had a good one actually today. Uh, it was a runner, a young runner and she was having knee problem. Anyways, when we evaluated her, she was she had, running away from you. I mean, is that the one that I saw? <laughs> yeah. That well, one. She was, she's a runner. She was definitely running. Yeah, she did. Clinic, scared. She was a runner. <laughs> <laughs> so no, the treatment helped. So she was able to run better after the, but, uh, it was really good. I was explaining to, I was explaining to her, uh, um, she had uh, basically knee knee problem, right? And everyone had been focused. Her physiotherapist had been focusing on her knee, and they're saying, "Okay, you know, it was tight quads, this, that, the other, uh, IT band." Anyways, when we evaluated her, she had a crazy anterior talus, like loss of loss of dorsiflexion, 
and a posterior ilium, like, and it was rock solid, like wasn't moving at all. So obviously the knee was just taking as much movement as mm. it could handle. And anyways, I was like, so the analogy I use, I was like, imagine you're driving around in this SI joint, right? Your sacroiliac joint. It's kind of like you're, you're driving with a flat tire. So you're just, everything you're feeling is, or the force distribution is just going straight into the, you know, and your knee's trying to pick up the slack. Mm. And she's like, oh, okay, that, that makes sense. Right, so then we're smarter we, than you look. <laughs> so when we got the when we got the uh, the SI joint moving and corrected the anterior talus, like she was then able to have normalized motion, and her you know her gait and her running gait was that much better. But it was just interesting to use that analogy, right? To so that she was like, okay, yeah, a car. I've driven a car. Oh yeah, I've had a flat tire before. Yeah, that was a good example. You feel you feel. So I use the car a lot just because mm. you know a lot of my practices. But it was also then we were talking about digestive issues too. So and adrenal issues because of her 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 sacroiliac problem and 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 just the different musculature that was involved. But it was it was very powerful to again get that buy in and and mm. you know. Yes, she was running away from the clinic because we fixed her dysfunction, but she'll probably run off and tell a lot of people about... Uh, well, I think that's the key, right? The key yeah. is you could have not communicated that to her. You could yeah. have corrected her SI joint, corrected her talus, and let her go off and away, and she'd be fine. She'd be fine. But when you talk to her... Exactly. And and then you she can understand it, that's... that's It's not magic. It creates that's, an experience. That's right. Yeah. That's how it works. So whether she needs it or not, Better maybe not, but the next time she has something go wrong, rest assured she's going to call on you, Right. And then, or else a family member or a friend, it yeah. comes through the door. That's, that's, I think that's the meat and potatoes of the conversation right there. Yeah. So you guys wrapped us up. These are all steps to keep people, keep uh, patients in the clinic, right? So like we said, it's one thing to go out and waste, you know, thousands of dollars, which may be needed uh, to start your marketing aspect and get new patients, but yeah. it's so much easier to keep them. We even, you know, we'll talk about this in another podcast. We even make sure we talk about just our patients, so like I have a practice within the practice, Jay has a practice within the, Kev exactly. has a practice within the practice, and we even talk about just our practice can feed the other aspects and the other practitioners from, that's a whole other podcast we'll do. Mm. But, um, but yeah, because uh, we, have, we have a clientele, so we want to keep them in the door, and it's way less, it's more fun, right? Because like we said, yeah. they become family members, they become friends, and, and way less uh, initial energy, right? Yeah, for sure. Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. So, so if you want to reach us, osteometrship.com, that's our website. We've got a free video training series for you. Enter your email address, join the newsletter, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. Perfect. Take care, everybody. Ciao. Thanks for checking out this episode. We hope you learned something, or not. And if you haven't already, subscribe here to the Osteo Connection wherever you're listening. And hey, it would mean the world to us if you would rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And if you're still listening at this point, thanks, Mom. And if you're offended how much we've made fun of Jason, tune in next week and be sure to share with a friend.